Hello again, and thank you for joining me here today on Bible Studies with Russ. We are continuing our series looking at the idea of haunted. The last time we were together, we, were looking, we looked at how sometimes we can be haunted by regret. And today we're looking at how we may be haunted by fear. And so I want to show how being haunted by fear can indeed hinder the Christian. Have you ever been afraid to do something? Well, that's not uncommon. Various things in our life that come up, we may be afraid to, to face it. You ever been afraid of failure? No one likes to try something and things not work out. In high school, you think about it this way. I remember how in high school, I never looked forward to our class on public speaking. I never cared for it. Yet today, that's what I do. That's all I do is speak in public. It's interesting how sometimes those things that we fear really have no, there's really no reason for us to fear them at all. We want to begin by looking at how fear prevents the Christian from growth and from service. First, we want to look at how some fear a role in a worship service. As we look at uh, this idea, too many today fear a public role in worship. Of course, some just have no interest in it. We think about Moses, for example, he made excuses out of fear. Eventually, his true feelings, though, did come out, as we see in Exodus chapter 4 and in verse 13. Let's go and go there to Exodus 4 and verse 13. In Exodus 4 and verse 13, we find these words. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him thou by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. The New King James translates it uh, this way, O Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. We find there the idea that, Lord, choose someone else, anybody else. Moses was afraid. And we know he found he makes numerous excuses throughout that section regarding speaking on behalf of God and, and taking a leadership role. And it is a fearful thing sometimes to serve as a leader, but we also want to realize that it is a necessity. It's something that God wants the men of the congregation to do, to work to become a leader in the congregation. And also, with credit to you know, Moses, though he works through his, his fear, there are those today who may want a role in the church who really have no business serving. And there is a difference between the two. When serving in a public assembly, one should strive to, to replace fear with honor. Proper preparation and repetition will remove fear. Some fear because they want to serve but want to do a good job. Still some fear of being almost required to serve. A, a, uh, some, for, because of this, prefer a larger congregation over a smaller one because they feel they can blend in and not be less likely to be asked to serve. And how sad it is. We should want to serve in our local congregations. We should want to be to desire to lead prayers, to if we so desire to lead singing, to uh, serve in the Lord's table, all those types of things in the worship service. We should work to make sure that we can do our very best to become equipped and to be able to serve those roles and do so in a good way. We should not allow fear to keep us from doing those things. We may not be the most eloquent speaker. Even Moses used that as an excuse. What's interesting is Moses speaks an awful lot for a man who wasn't very good at speaking. See, we can overcome those things. What about fear of teaching publicly or even privately? Some have fear of teaching uh, 
sometimes because this is a confidence issue. They're not confident in their abilities. Many knowledgeable people sit idle because of fear. Again, when we study God's Word and we grow knowledgeable in it, we should not have reason to fear. And sometimes there are going to be those questions that maybe we never thought of or we never even heard of before. We may say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but I will find it for you from God's Word and we'll come back and talk about that again. There's nothing wrong with that. And so we shouldn't be afraid. But, you know, sometimes I think when we think about uh, teaching publicly or privately, we think, well, I don't want to offend anyone. Friends, we're speaking the truth. We have to remember they're not offended at us. They're offended with God and His Word. Some, however, sit idle because of their ignorance of the Scriptures. There are those who sit idle because of fear. They're just petrified of, of doing it. And others sit idle because they don't know God's Word like they should. You know, both of these things can be changed. These things can be changed by encouraging those who desire to be leaders to put away childish things, as we find in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. You can also encourage them in their studies and remind them of verses like Hebrews 5 and verse 14 that tells us about strong meat belonging to those who are full age. There comes a time we have to realize that when we are a Christian, that we're no longer babes in Christ, or we shouldn't be. We should be knowledgeable people who are feeding upon the meat of God's Word. We also have to strive to make sure we understand it. There are those today who study topics for you know, a few times, and they think, well, okay, I know it, I get it. When in reality, they have only skimmed the surface. But also those who desire to be leaders must be those who are, who are able to overcome temptation. As we find in 1 John 2 and verse 14, that we can overcome temptation. Those who are going to be leaders are those who are going to have to realize they're going to need to be taught as we find in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1, he says, Now say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. We think about this for a moment. There are those who are going to need tutelage, as we find here in Genesis 4 and verse 1. That's the idea there, that even though this child may be a leader, he's going to need tutelage. And before he becomes mature, as we find there in verse 1, the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. Meaning he may be heir, but he's not a servant, he's not the master yet. He says, though he be Lord of all, implying he must be taught. We find in verse 2, but in uh, Galatians, I'm sorry, no, I said Genesis, but it's Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1. Galatians 4 and verse 2 says, but it is under tutors and governors until the time appointed, uh, appointed of the fathers. We also must realize that we must, if we're going to be leaders, we must work to make sure we are stable in the faith. So these things can be changed. This fear of teaching publicly and privately we can encourage those who are going to be leaders, and we encourage all in their spiritual growth. As you look at Second Peter chapter three, in Second Peter chapter uh, three, looking at verse uh, eighteen, uh, here the Bible says, "Therefore, beloved, looking forward to those things, be diligent, be found by Him in peace, without spot, and blameless." We must be encouraging spiritual growth of those who want to be leaders within the church. When we think about overcoming fear, we must realize that fear can disqualify the Christian. It can disqualify us from being a leader. If one cannot overcome his fear to teach, he cannot serve as an elder. We look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, looking at verse 2, we reminded here as we look at uh, going back to the <clears throat> going back to the King James here, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. Here the Bible says, 
A bishop must be blameless, a husband and one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given hospitality, and lastly, apt to teach. Able to teach. We must be those who have no fear of teaching. And so long as we are students of God's Word, those who are always studying, we should have nothing to fear. We also think about this idea of how fear can disqualify the Christian from being a leader. We think about Titus chapter 1. In Titus chapter 1, beginning here in verse 10, Titus 1, and looking at verse 10, going through about verse 14, the Bible says here, For there are many unruly and vain talkers, deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, and subvert whole households, or whole houses, teaching things which they are not, for filthy lookers' sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. If this witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, they may be sound in the faith." not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. And so those who have fear of teaching, well, they're not going to be those who are willing to stop the mouths of those who are promoting a false idea. You know, we have to realize when we get up and teach and preach, there are going to be those who don't agree with us. And that's fine, so long as they are willing to study and allow God's Word to be their standard. Everyone is on a different level of knowledge, and sometimes we realize that when we hear something, we may think, well, I don't agree with that. And we shouldn't go away scoffing or upset or, or, or uh, attacking that teacher or preacher. We should ask, hey, can you help me understand where you, where you, how you get to this point? And do so with respect, coming up and mocking and, and, and challenging people because you disagree with them. Well, friends, there's a difference between wanting to understand a truth and a certain viewpoint than simply trying to challenge and to attack that individual. Attacking and seeking the truth are not the same things. How sad would it be for, for a godly man to be disqualified because of fear? When we study God's Word, we'll find that as long as we stick to the truth, we have nothing to fear. Fear can disqualify the Christian only from being a leader, but also from being called faithful. The fear of ridicule from others is enough to cause some to become unfaithful. Oftentimes, a quick change of view or a sudden disinterest is a result of the fear of ridicule from others. You know, those who, who are Christians who, who suddenly change their mind about things such as maybe baptism or, or once saved, always saved, or whatever it may be, those who change their viewpoint on that oftentimes because they don't want to be mocked or because someone has attacked them recently and they're wanting to back off of that. Look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and looking here at verses 42 and 43 of John 12, the Bible says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. But they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Friends, we must love the truth more than the praise of men. Sometimes following truth, well, unfortunately, sometimes it ends relationships and friendships it pushes acquaintances away it causes difficult situations but friends the truth is the truth and it does not change this type of fear is more than just a, a fear it's weakness of the person and sometimes can be looked looked at as a flaw in their character those who when they're ridiculed because of the truth you want to back away from it that is a flaw it is something they need to work to, to work to correct, to allow themselves to be mocked so long as they hold to the truth. Friends, let them mock. Who wants to be friends with someone who believes one thing until someone mocks them for it, and then they change their mind or mind or beliefs? 
we should be strong enough to think for ourselves and to stand our ground. As we look here, uh, next we want to look at Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 25, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 25 rather, and, and looking at verse 26. Proverbs 25 and looking at verse 26. So I'll make my way over there. Here as we look, we find these words from the King James. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is a troubled fountain in a, in a corrupt spring. If you look at it this way, Proverbs 25 and verse 26, if you look at it here uh, from, as I'll get over here to this, in the New King James, I like to compare these because these are the versions I use, or translations where I use the most. Proverbs 25, looking at verse 26, uh, the King James words it this way, A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. Uh, so a righteous man falling down before the wicked is a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. The idea there that the person who, who falters and gives up and crumbles and, and kind of slacks away, and kind of backpedals, well, he says a person who does that is a troubled is a troubled and corrupt troubled fountain or a corrupt spring, or as New King James says, is like a murky spring. Well, what use is a murky spring or a polluted well? Well, nothing. You stay away from it. And if we want to correct it, we have to do what? We have to make sure it's not murky. We have to do what we can to make it un to make it to clear it up, to so it's no longer murky or polluted. Well, the person here, as we find here, uh, who they change their opinion or change their view because of ridicule. You know, there's a difference between studying something and changing your mind. Between studying and there's a difference between that and being faced with ridicule and say, okay, I'm going to change my mind because everybody's jumping all over me. Uh, we want to be those who change our mind because of the truth. We also realize that fear, let's look at our third main point here, fear has a proper place. The fear of hell, for example, should drive the Christian. You look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and looking here at verses 10 and 11, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 10 and 11. Here the Bible says, For, for we must all before, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, uh, according to that he, that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We think about this. Because of the terror of the Lord, because of God's wrath against evil and sin, what do we do? We persuade men. The fear of hell should drive us to be faithful. But it shouldn't just be the fear of hell, but also our love for God. The fear of hell should also drive us to talk to others. The fear of hell should drive us to defend our beliefs. And the fear of hell should drive you to ignore those who mock you. Going back to Proverbs chapter 12. In Proverbs chapter 12, uh, looking here in verse 26. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seem, seem, seemly for a fool. Or as the King James says, so honor is not fitting for a fool. We have the idea there being that those who, who, who allow the mockers to affect them, he says here, it's like, the, it's like snow in summer and rain in harvest, meaning it doesn't fit those seasons. Well, friend, honor doesn't fit the fool who allows mockers to change their point of view. Why allow fear to hinder you? We should fear God and not the world. As we are reminded there in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. In Matthew 10, 
as I make my way over there, Matthew 10 and verse 28, the Bible says, And fear not, that, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Friends, let's make sure we fear God, not the world, that we fear the Lord and not fear serving him. We want to be those who who push fear aside, who become knowledgeable in the Word of God and study God's Word, so we're not afraid to teach publicly or privately. They were always working on our character, working on ourselves, that we can become leaders. If we're not, uh, you know, ladies cannot be elders, uh, in the, as we find in the Bible, but that doesn't mean they cannot take many of those qualities that are used to describe elders and apply them to their own lives, you know, being apt to teach, being hospitable, being sober-minded, those types of things. Many of those things can apply to anyone. But if we are, friends, if we are a brother in the, in the, in the church, even if we don't desire to become an elder, which is not sinful, we should strive to become those who still hold all those other qualifications. Let's make sure we are not those who are allowing fear to control us. Don't fear serving God, but instead we should fear not serving Him, and we should fear not being faithful to Him. Uh, thank you for being here with me today. hope you've enjoyed this Bible study looking at Haunted by Fear. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have enjoyed this Bible study on fear, looking at Haunted by Fear. I hope you'll join me again next time as we continue looking at this topic of Haunted.